everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. Welcome to the show. Welcome back from the holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. Today, I've got Nikki T from Mayhem Tigers. If you're too young for that, Nexus. If you're too young for that, then what we have today is uh, Rushers, at least, and ECPL should ring a bell uh, for the, the circles that he runs in. Anyway, uh, sat down in the same time zone, time frame, time zone... Anyway, he's in the UK. I'm here. We were able to cross paths and uh, had a great conversation. Looking forward to many more. Uh, looking forward to seeing him on the field. And uh, until then, enjoy the show. Uh, speaking of the new year, we've got some new gear for the new year. Is that? Anyway, we've got uh, we got new stuff coming along this year to try to get you guys some better quality products, so to speak, uh, albeit uh, video and maybe better audio. Uh, until then, uh, speaking of quality, we got a Opie Thomas episode, uh, the cutting room floor, uh, my boondock internet isn't doing anyone any favors, including Opie. Uh, poor guy took the time to sit down and talk to me, uh, took plenty of time to try to cross paths and, uh, my internet let both of us down. So, um, hope you can uh, find it in your hearts to forgive me for that one. Anyway, here's uh, Nikki T and, uh, enjoy the show. everybody uh welcome to another episode of relic a classic paintball podcast i'm your host tori shrum and today we have nikki t from the rushers and uh also uh ecpl uh welcome to the show buddy thank you very much thank you for having me yeah anytime anytime man um so i'll just start this off like you uh like we typically do in a lot of uh different uh podcasts tell us uh where you're from and how you got started in this sport that we absolutely all love so I'm from a little island called England, um, known as the UK to most Americans. Um, I started playing paintball at the tender age of 12. So back in 1989, um, wow. 33 years later, I'm still getting shot at and shooting back. So yeah, the, the story continues, I guess. Um, very, very fortunate to have had a fantastic career in the paintball industry, working for some of the biggest companies around, such as Eclipse, Smart Parts, and Virtue. Um, super fortunate to have had a great playing career where I literally got paid to travel the world. Um, you know, playing for the likes of Nexus um, and also the Rushers. And I guess even more fortunate to be able to kind of add an additional layer of enjoyment in the form of coaching, which I've done for probably the last 15 years and still do to this day. So yeah, lots, lots going on. Oh, and the small matter of running the European Classic Paintball League, the ECPL. So yeah, it's a busy one, I guess you could say. <laughs> you know, on top of regular life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. There is um, and stuff. <laughs> how'd you? Uh, how'd you started playing? I I went for a friend's birthday party, and I think oh, the proposition. Oh, birthday party. Yeah, I think the proposition at the time was, "Hey, do you want to come and shoot some adults and not get told off?" So I was kind of like, "Yes, I do. I'm in. Let's go." <laughs> so, and as a twelve-year-old kid. It was pretty appealing to try and shoot the adults in the nuts and not get a rolling. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll be honest, that was the attraction. So that was it. And I, I remember I played at a site called Camelot Leisure in a place called Dorking, and they had a double decker bus like you, like you see on Harry Potter, the night bus type of thing. Um, all the windows were smashed out. And I worked out that I could shoot from the front to the back really quickly. So all these guys, the full-grown adults, who thought they were safe from the kids at the side, got picked upon by this little dude. Um, yeah, it was great fun, really good fun. And so we used to go every six months. I would just get 20 schoolmates together, speak to the, the site owner who would cut me a deal for free entry for me, and my buddies would pay. 
so it was it was sweet life was good nice <laughs> a little hustle life was um, good yeah okay so here you are you've you got introduced to the sport you uh made a living mm. out of shooting people in the nuts uh hanging out with all your friends uh things yeah. like that at what point did you decide to go from shooting adults in the nuts to uh actually playing competitively i don't think i've ever left the shooting adults in the nuts part fully <laughs> so i'll be i'll be honest um i think my first big break came when i played for a few local teams as I kind of progressed from an every six month type of, you know, kid enjoying the sport into the competitive ranks. I played for a couple of like low level teams, but my first big break came when I was about 16, 17. And one of the local pro teams, the Mayhem Tigers, uh, was were looking for players. And I got I got the chance to play on their amateur team. And for whatever reason, things fell into place. I fitted in well. I performed well. And pretty soon I had the opportunity to, to kind of move up the ranks, so to speak, and start contesting for a place on their pro team. Um, nice. And I think the first time I played on their pro team was at the uh, World Cup out in Orlando, probably in... 96 95 96 i think something like that so yeah i wasn't i was probably only 17 18 at the time um i just took the approach of i'm going to play as much as i can and learn as much as i can and back then you had to do the hard yards there was no kind of fast track you go from zero to hero you were you were beaten down by grinding years and years of grinding yeah yeah it was and you know it's kind of it was cool because i didn't play i didn't play on the pro team much but it it lit the fire of what was achievable to me um and then it would have been would have been a few years after that i kind of started working for smart parts and the rushes was their factory team and that was my first stint with the rushers which was kind of late 90s early 2000s where we did the millennium series and we we were one of three teams to kind of really put it on the pros pretty regularly so you know we 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 had a great run we had two three years where i think we finished top three every event um and it was like it was such fond memories because you'd have that chat of right guys if we if we make the finals we can pay our paint bill you know and it was, <laughs> it was that ethos it was but it was cool it was it was a big part of the journey that the kids nowadays won't ever get to experience um and i i, I don't mean this at all disrespectfully by calling them kids but i mean you know people who don't have that experience and that upbringing in paintball um you know we used to we used to have crazy 18 hour road trips to get to the millennium event in germany and those friendships that you forge through those experience still hold true to this day i mean this is a weird week for me actually with nxl world cup just happening because two of my best friends billy and daz from the rushes are actually out there playing with ground zero they did a combined team oh, wow. um but you know these are guys i speak to every day and they've been gone for a week and i don't know what to do it's kind of i'm really <laughs> looking forward to them coming home <laughs> so i'm uh i'm a big uh, i'm not shy about talking about the uh almost every episode i'm sure anybody listening to the show is probably tired of it about talking about the kind of friendships that you make playing this sport and um how i yeah. you know I, I was in the military. I'm, I'm, I'm still in, and I was in for 16 years. And some of the best friends I have are from there. And the only friends I have that really yeah. even rival that are my buddies from paintball. And uh, yeah. a lot of guys will talk about, you know, the paintball of old versus the paintball of new. And some of that is that that disconnect of I'm gonna sh like nowadays. It's I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna do my two games, and I'm gonna leave. You know, and yeah, that's I it. Mean, you know, it's not. Enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here with my 15 friends because. Some of yeah. them may be drunk. Some of them may be hurt. We're gonna have this huge roster, and we're gonna 
sit out in the sun all day and just you know talk shit or watch other teams play and not walk the fields and yeah. it's just not the same anymore and that's not yeah. to really be um, down on on the kids that play today and in good form and it's it's a different sport and they play it to the best of their abilities and i'm not taking away anything that any of these kids uh do today because it's it's still pretty impressive to watch x factor and dynasty obviously dynasty because of you know how long they've been around and what they've been doing but even like different instance x factor just grinding out points and just crushing other teams it's that's impressive but it's also yeah. not what we grew up with or the or what we really is our you know what we're into kind of thing it's interesting isn't it because um i, I actually rewatched the final today from world cup and yeah everybody putting in a shift that event has been doing so for a decade plus there's no kind yeah. of new revelations who are setting the world of paintball on fire they've all done the hard yards and they've all yep. been through you know the the grinder to get to where they currently are they can play yep. paintball not layouts and i think that's my my biggest bugbear of um let's say modern day paintball is players only ever learn to play layouts rather than to play paintball yeah and that sucks <laughs> you don't know that really i mean that's sucks. but that's where we're finding ourselves today there's a lot of people that miss like seven man and ten man yeah uh, well, i mean we used to we used to go to the big events the millenniums um and the world cups and stuff like that and you would have six different fields that were six different layouts yep that nobody had seen practice wasn't even a word that was in the paintball dictionary then <laughs> it was just yeah. play that was the only word that began mm -hmm. with p other than paintball so <laughs> and, and it was just a case of that thursday before the event started on the friday was dedicated to field walking it was dedicated to socializing with your friends, with your frenemies, with the people who you really couldn't stand. You, it was a community yep. that came together to prepare for battle on the Friday. It was, it was, that was the parlay of, come on, let's, uh, you know, let's all knuckle down and see what we can get out of this. And that's where you you learn the creativity you learn the necessity to be self-sufficient as well um whereas now it's you know so also often you see coaches calling plays to players that nod and don't understand and then get shot and then question and it's just kind of like gosh i wish we could rewind and force everybody to play blind layouts and walk fields the day before yeah blind layouts. and if everybody had to do that for a year good god we'd put paintball back on the map it would be amazing <laughs> it would be amazing it'd be a whole other it'd be a whole other ball game it would be you would i think it would shuffle the pack it really would you'd, so, you'd definitely see some uh some it's impressive to to see Dynasty do what they've done the last couple of years, but also to really know that impressive. if you did that tomorrow, that yeah. they would still be where they're at. Yes, they would. Yeah, undoubtedly. But I think it's testament to teams like the ML Kings, who came out swinging this weekend, and really showed up. They had they had an outstanding event so yeah i was aftermath, i was happy to see him make sunday i really was yeah and, and i think aftermath are probably the best example of a team that is learning how to play paintball with hinman in charge you know and i mean look at how many x aftermath players are playing on x factor and dynasty and impact is ridiculous so yep. yeah is i'm all about people playing paintball but understanding paintball so that they can play it to the full enjoyment for sure uh definitely went down that rabbit hole completely okay because it's all relevant to everything that we're talking about and uh anytime it happens I'll, I'll just roll with it because it's there's just it's hard to encompass everything that we're talking about with the sport um Absolutely. so what's up 
Absolutely. No, I agree. It's it is is challenging to get everything in, but there's so much that's important. Uh, okay, so you know, we talked about you know where you're from, how you got started, how you started playing competitively, and um, and things like that. Uh, something that I like to ask, uh, because it's something that uh, a lot of kids. I'm from. If you know anything about the states, I'm from Western Oklahoma, uh, and it's like in the middle of the states, and there's nothing out there but grass and dirt. Um, the only time I've been to Oklahoma but, was when I commentated for the MPPL live. I did a I did a couple of years, 2007, 2008 where I was commentating on the webcast. And I think there was like uh -huh. a Kansas City Open in Oklahoma back Kansas then. City. Kansas City's in, uh, it's a town that sits right on the border of Kansas City and Missouri. Uh, but right. that is further west, so I can understand. Yeah, Oklahoma, but I like just remember dead, dead everything closed at 10 p.m. Yeah, that sounds like it sounds it about right for some parts of the state. Just like tumbleweed. What are we going to do now? <laughs> nothing let's just go to sleep <laughs> it was um so for guys like you know whenever i was a kid i lived out there uh, whenever yeah. i was younger and everybody's always like how every, all these kids they, they see these magazines they see these pictures they see these um these videos and they want to do what you're doing they want to play pro so something that i asked will give these guys these kids some insight is oh how did you make it work how did i get from like amateur to pro or how did oh, I, I guess a job? how did you afford to put yourself in a position where you could play pro did i don't know if you guys mow lawns i don't know if you guys uh you know take out you know elderly people's trash i don't know sure. you know no i used to i used to um work at a local paintball site and i would mm -hmm. i would ref saturday sunday um i would I would kind of, I didn't always get paid in cash. I sometimes got paid in paint so that I could go. I would I would go and run pods for teams at events when I was a kid and just kind of just soak up the atmosphere, learn a bit more about the sport. But all the time I was kind of, I was harvesting information of what gear are people using and how's that gear performing so when it got to the stage where I had cash to invest in my own gear, I feel I made some really smart choices <laughs> in that <laughs> I knew what sucked and what was actually, you know, a good long-term investment. So I remember I used to, I used to work in a, a tuck shop at school and I'd save up like the pound coins to buy my first proper paintball gun, which was an auto mag. So, yeah. and I actually bought that from Marcus Davies of the Predators. Oh, wow. Okay. With 800 pounds, I went to his shop. I actually um, played hooky from school for the day and went to his shop. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. So, yeah, I, I remember buying that with 800 pound coins. <laughs> wow. I never knew that, um, that the Predators ever used Automax. Oh yeah, they did. They, they 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 really did. They had a um, they had a couple of automag years, and then they went on to the Evolution Cockers, I believe. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so for yeah. so for those guys listening, I guess you were really lucky as far as uh, growing up in the UK. As far as yeah. I mean, we had smart parts. Yep. And that was really about it. You may be able to get your hands on some bad boys toy stuff, but in general. That was really for the yeah. longest time any kind of customization that's really like the only game in town that we had for a long time but you guys i remember getting a, a paintball planet catalog that i had ordered in 1994. so yeah. i remember that i remember uh you know obviously all the uh the predator stuff that uh, you know they had and from um, bell sales and uh, stuff like that yeah yep yeah well bell sales bell sales was working through smart parts at the time weren't they they were yeah they were with graham easton and people like that yeah yeah god i've been playing this game too long all right uh yeah so i uh it's kind of a kind of a cool situation to be in as far as like you know people Super that are really cool. kind of grown up around uh people building race cars for lack of a better description you know yeah no absolutely i mean we had all the custom shops so it was it was phenomenal in that respect you know the only the and and conversely we used to see all the bad boys toys stuff 
and things like the westward cockers and things like that and just be kind of like wow so yeah i guess you always want what you can't have or what's not accessible so you're you're preaching to the choir buddy i've got a i've yeah. got an emac well i'll leave it at that yeah so i mean it's it also does exactly what i need it to so yeah absolutely uh, all right so moving on from that um here's the 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 big takeaway uh part of why you know i i cornered you and asked you asked you here tell me about the ecpl so ecpl is the european classic paintball league it's 10 man classic format so um if you've got an electro marker they're capped at 5.5 balls a second if you've got mechanical marker knock yourself out so um kind of tim montressa icc iron city classic rules um and it's starting to take off in europe it's taken us a few years to get the ball rolling uh we came we as in the rushes came and played the iron city classic in 2019 and i think we were the only non-us team to attend the event and we finished i want to say we finished 21st out of 72 teams i, I guess still had some us players all right we had the ormrod brothers who were working for virtue okay. at the time yeah so you had ao um, and big nikki oh yeah oh yeah 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 they um, listen to they, those guys they, stories yeah, oh, they're, yeah, they're phenomenal. I was lucky enough to work with both of them for a few years at Virtue. So, yeah, they're, they're cool cats for sure. Um, yeah, and we kind of, from memory, I think we missed the quarterfinals by something shitty like six points. So Ooh. two or three eliminations. Um, all of our Sunday morning knockout games were on fields that we didn't really thrive on if we played on the hyperball i think we would have been single digit finish so yeah we feel we feel as though we left that event with some unfinished business so the team is returning to icpl in january so yeah to, so to kind of, yeah 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 cool man yeah. i'll see you i'll see you guys so, there yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play. Unfortunately, I I don't get to go on this one because real life has kind of stepped in and batted me in a different direction. Um, but all the other all the other guys are, are doing it um, and will probably continue to play some ICPLs as the years go on. Um, so yeah, e after ICC 2019, I came home back to the UK and knew that I had to make something happen. Um, I, I spoke to the existing leagues. So people like UK Woodland Masters, um, and some of the other tournament organizers, no one was interested in doing a 10 man event, let alone a series. So, um, I kind of picked the bullet and just went, if nobody else is going to do it, I have to, and chose to. Um, so I, I went to see Jed Green from National Paintball Fields in Birmingham, the guy who ran the original Hyperball. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And we had our, in fact, this would have been prior to going to ICC. Going to ICC, I knew we had to make this happen. So this would have been 2018, I spoke to Jed. And in July 2019, we ran our first... 10-man event called the Grand Central Classic, which was actually a couple of weeks before ICC 2019, I think, if memory serves me correctly. It was, it was a couple of weeks either side. Um, and I, th I think I got 17 10-man teams for this one-off event. And people just fell back in love with classic 10-man. Um, I mean, the weather sucked. It was abysmal. You would have been drier and warmer standing in a cold shower. It was that bad. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. But 
it didn't diminish the enjoyment for the majority of people so i knew that it's, I knew it's kind that of funny how yeah it's kind of funny how some of that suck factor kind of adds to it for lack of a better description like it part of it sucks yeah. obviously but it's it's kind of those it's kind of like when you go on an adventure with your friends yeah uh, you know when things go south in the moment it sucks but then later on the stories are are fantastic and so when well, this I'm, is, when this is it the cool thing is we will never experience such shitty weather again so everybody's actually really happy and when they come to ecpls even if the weather's bad they go nothing like grand central classic and i go you're absolutely <laughs> right so um so yeah real real interesting so 2019 we ran the grand central classic in birmingham that was the first one then we got hit by this little pandemic called covid um i mean you may you guys may not have heard of it it's one of those little kind of blips on the radar but it had quite a significant effect and in 2020, we were only actually able to run one event because of lockdowns and restrictions and, you know, limitations on how many people you could have in certain spaces, et cetera. So I ran um, an event in September 2020 at a site in the middle of the UK called Warped, Warped Sports. It was a woodland event, two fields. Um, I did a, an amateur day and then an open day just again because of numbers we couldn't go big but we could go we could go for quality over quantity and that's what we chose to do um resounding success but people wanted more um this year we managed to do a three event series so we had a opening event in nottingham sherwood forest that was on a hyperball field we had the middle event back at warped in july which was on Woodland. And then we had the finale in Essex, which was played on a mound field and a brand new hyperball field. So oh, wow. yeah, really, really cool. And we got 13 teams in for the final, um, which was, you know, considering we were still in COVID weirdness was actually okay. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, it, the reality is, if I chose not to do this, nobody else would. And I feel we'd miss a significant chunk of classic fun more than anything. Um, so, so it's a no-brainer for me to invest my time and effort into facilitating this. Because I, I'm actually a, a staunch believer that this format is what teaches players how to play paintball if you can if you can process what's going on around you in a 10 man and you know regurgitate some information provide additional information and evolve and develop you will play better paintball it's it's a very nurturing environment for players skill sets to come to shine through um you know, and this goes back to doing the hard yards that we used to do, or we had to do. You know, you learn to play, and yeah, there's there's you certain play, you sucked. I feel like there's certain skill sets that I mean, you can you can practice shooting angles all day long on an X ball field, and again, this goes back to I'm not diminishing anything people do. It's just what you have to do in order to play that yeah. uh, format. But I do feel yeah. like whenever you played ten man, there was just there was a certain amount of instinct that you built into yourself that when you oh. played it without thinking about it, it would just happen. I don't know how Massively. to explain it. But... You, had, you had field craft. You had to have the ability to be forward thinking. And the more proactive you were, the better you played, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a big difference between those who make something happen. Do you want to be the guy bunkering people or do you want to be the guy getting bunkered? Go out and bunker people. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's usually that's usually when you knew you'd made it. Whenever uh, back in those days, if you had mugged yeah. the first guy and lived through it, then you knew. Or even if you got up there and traded, like that was that's kind of when you knew that you had started processing what you needed to do 
exactly yeah exactly and then um end of this season had some great chats with tom cole from icpl and nxl mm -hmm. and yep. um we've we've come to a great agreement whereby my big season finale event which i'm calling the european classic cup is also an icpl ranking event so icpl teams can come over play and get series points for themselves yep i saw that I saw so, that on the schedule lots of cool stuff happening in that sense that's cool uh what are are you able to talk about what sponsors you have for that event or for that uh series like who's been helping you out for for the it doesn't it actually doesn't change anything for ecpl so um it, it's it's still a standalone series it's just the fact that we're incentivizing the non-uk teams to come over and play and and get a get a slice of that adventure that we all used to enjoy so Appreciate much it. like the rushers going out and playing icpl um yeah. i think you know let's get the ground zeros the all americans the misfits etc the fight clubs over to the uk yep. playing some playing some european 10 man i got it it's something to shoot for get, get it back to the way that it was listening to some weird accents drinking some proper beer so <laughs> uh all right so thank you for uh you know all the all that about the ucpl uh Super. can't wait to see i can't wait to see you succeed in that uh, i got a couple more questions and i'll be out of your hair uh no worries. here's one I, here's one i like to ask especially for someone in the uk and growing up around all these uh these race cars so to speak of of the guns that they were building at the times yeah uh, and it's a very gear driven sport so do you have one that got away and by that i mean is there a gun that you wish that you never got rid of oh oh really good question um so favorite guns that i've ever shot would include my sl66 ego and i had a um gunmetal gray one and it was at the time where we were messing about with some finishing processes so uh, i did a mixture of polished and bead blasted on it where i had a polished raw body that i then put stickers on and then bead blasted over so that you could peel off the sticker and it was polished underneath that was pretty Ooh. sweet that was nice. pretty sweet. Um, and I remember I did a I did a spin-off of um I'm just looking to see if I have one. I, I did a spin-off of the In and Out Burger logo and changed it to <laughs> Get 'em Out. And that was that was the kind of the tattoo that I had on the side of the body. That was pretty that was a pretty cool gun. Um my That's first funny. ever Nexus Cocker is one that I probably wish I'd kept um in fact probably not my first one probably the dc2 nexus cocker that i had because i had a nebula fade blue one that was a that was a sweet gun um but then more recently i've got a i've got a signature series of the adrenaline lux which is just ridiculous it's hands down the best marker i've ever shot by a country mile is it's not even close i think that's a much easier question to answer if i'd never got a signature series adrenaline lux <laughs> so much many good ones out there and it's sometimes it's funny that um that uh, i don't back in the day i mean i think it's probably less and less now as far as the the, the quality control goes but i know that back in the day you could have three guns with uh you know in I'm losing words right now. It's accession for uh, serial numbers, and all three of them yeah. shoot completely differently. Back in the yeah. day, today it's it's much much better quality. Well, this was but... this was the thing actually when we when I worked at Eclipse, I did uh, I did what eleven years at Eclipse, I want to say, um, as customer service manager, and 
when I was playing on Nexus and you're building your own personal Nexus Cocker, you can go through 200 solenoids and pick the one that performs the best. You know, you can you can look at all the seers and pick the one that's the most polished, etc. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you you we were spoiled. We were really spoiled in that sense. It's funny. You know, you could you could easily take the time to make your personal stuff head and shoulders above everything else. Um, just by picking, you know, specific components that performed the best. So and the stock was still great, but the if you picked the best and you had a lot of components that were the best, you got exceptional. So yeah, yeah, we were spoiled. Hundred <laughs> percent. We were. We were spoiled and we were ungrateful. Unfortunately. We never we never fully utilized the position of responsibility that we've been given. So, and you know, hand on heart, I can, I will cite that as a big regret and one that I feel the entire team should have because we never did enough to promote paintball when we, when we had the opportunity to do so. We just wanted to play. We were selfish. Unfortunately, sometimes hindsight's always twenty twenty. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, future plans is just uh, running ECPL or other teams, or is it just you guys for currently right now it's ECPL and rushers? Um, so, I mean, playing days for me are pretty limited. Um, I've, due to COVID, the pursuit of paintball as a career has finished, and I'm actually headed back to university. So I'm retraining to be a chiropractor. I'm going to continue okay. running ECPL because for me, that's where the fun is. And for me, that's where that's where the tide needs to turn in terms of players being encouraged to learn how to play better paintball. So ECPL is a permanent fixture in my future. Um, I think it's I'm very fortunate to be able to still coach people and help people to play better paintball. And I think the big, the big kind of challenge and quest for me is actually to get more free content out there for people. I have a YouTube channel that I throw all my coaching content on that I want people mm -hmm. to kind of enjoy and use and share and ask questions and learn. It's just, you know, we, this is a 30 plus year journey for us. And we're fortunate that we've been able to make tens of thousands of mistakes and you know learn as we go kids nowadays don't have to make so many they can there's some amazing resources for them and it's just about getting those out there letting people enjoy them and you know a lot of the content is evergreen you're always going to need to know how to break out you're always going to need to know how to snap shoot you're always going to need to know how to bunker people etc so, you know, there's there's so much out there. I want it to be thought provoking though, so that players engage with this wonderful sport. Um, and if they get a fraction of the experiences that my generation had growing up and playing paintball, then those kids are gonna leave, live enriched lives. And that's what it's all about. Um, I mean, for me, the next generation of my kind of heritage of paintballers are just starting to come through you know, with, you know, the kids are between nine and 12 and it's not going to be long before they want to tear it up. So it's, uh, I can't wait to see what, how they, how they enjoy it and how they develop. Yeah. Uh, I actually had uh, my kiddos play uh, jelly ball not that long ago. It was their oh, yeah, that's fun. seventh birthday and they had a blast. That's fun. I mean, my eldest Thomas is 12 now. He first played when he was eight and he played the whole day and didn't get shot and bunkered like three people. And I said oh, to wow. him, how did, how did you enjoy that, bud? And he went, that was easy. And I just said, had to stop him and just say, just so you're aware, doesn't always go like that. He played about <laughs> a year later 
and got destroyed. And that was the best thing that could have ever happened to him. Um, he, I, I could see, you know, he, he didn't like getting shot and he, he felt his pride got a bit of a knock, but you know, he took it, he took it and he did really well. So, but that was the kind of the, that grounded him a little bit more and he'll, he'll have a lot more respect for other people when he plays in the future. So, <laughs> but no, fun, fun times are coming when they, when they want to get into it. I'm happy to help them as much as I can. I, I've never pushed them to play and I'd never want to push them to play. If, if they're into different things than their dad, then that's cool. Um, if they're into the same things as their dad, that's also cool. None's cooler than the other, so long as they're happy. It's cool to uh, it's cool to hear guys uh, say that, especially guys that um, I don't know how to explain it. For instance, like Steve Rabakoff was the same way; like he wasn't going to push, you know, J Rab into it. No. He just decided to do it, and honestly, he's he's you know as good as he is now. But it's really cool to to, to see the dads that are like, you know, if they want to play, they'll play, you know. And I'm not going to like push this in their face. So it's really really neat. Hundred percent. I mean, going back to you know something we touched on earlier. Um, my kids have got to experience how friendships that I started 30 years ago still hold strong. My kids have also chosen to experience how they can make bad choices in their own friendships. And they're starting to learn the difference of actually, you know, this kid is someone who I want to stay friends with, or this kid actually doesn't really value me as a friend so there's a lot of life lessons embroiled in that in terms of their self-esteem and you know trusting their judgment etc and we all make mistakes it's one thing to keep making them it's another thing to recognize them and say hey how can i do this a bit better so yeah i think that's probably it's probably the greatest thing that paint was ever given me the opportunity to educate them about People who are worthwhile stay worthwhile. So, and you can be one of them type of thing. That's well said. Uh, funny that uh, funny that you said that because we're leading into uh, probably the last question I usually ask people is, okay. um, uh, do you have any shout outs for the people that were there for you uh, along the way? Obviously, uh, it's a long uh, paintball career, uh, but do you have um, anybody in particular that you want to point out, companies, people, things like that? I mean, obviously, you've got a whole laundry list of sponsors that's, you know, doing what they can for you guys right now. But um, right yeah, now is a good time to, uh, to give anybody a shout out if you need it. It's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, the, the sponsorship side of the equation should always be mutually beneficial, in my opinion. Um, we're very fortunate that we get a lot of assistance. Um, but then I also believe that they're very fortunate that they get some bloody good ambassadors for their products, <laughs> their brands, etc. So, you know, and it genuinely is mutually beneficial and a relationship. And, you know, just to kind of, just to use the Russians as an example, I think the Russians and smart parts have coexisted as you know, in a sponsored relationship for 25 years, which is unheard of nowadays. We've shot every, um, you know, generation of the shocker for argument's sake. And obviously that has extended to the Lux and with me personally with adrenaline. Um, I think the, the biggest thanks I can, I, I need to give is actually to anyone who's ever come and you know supported or taken the time to actually come up and say hi and engage because that's what i that's what i remember most fondly i don't remember the company who you know paid for a few beers at a random show or whatever it's i i it's the people is the friendships it's the it's the opportunity and the responsibility to engage with the fans, the 
the average players i mean some of some of the most fun times i've had have been just playing knockabout games and helping kids you know i remember i remember we played um oklahoma d-day back in the day and it was like four thousand players or something ridiculous and it was it was when i was on nexus and i was in this wooden landing craft and there were these two like 15 16 year old kids who literally couldn't speak because they were stood next to me in this landing craft about to go and storm the germans and i just turned around and gave them a slap both of them and just said come on pull yourselves together we've got like two thousand people to shoot here i'm not going down <laughs> easy let's get this done but it's just just the memories i mean i um i had a jersey in 2007 i was playing for a belgian team called blackout and it was one of the most fun experiences of my life because the guy who ran it was just like a godfather type character we had a real close team that just treated each other like family it was lovely fought like family but we defended each other like family as well and many many happy memories and i made a decision that year that if anybody came up to me and asked for an autograph my i had one condition i had two conditions actually or a picture um they had to autograph my jersey for me and i had to have a picture with them they were the conditions and this jersey that i wore that year probably had between 100 and 150 signatures all around it it was one of the old eclipse 07 jerseys front and back and um i gave the jersey away to charity which was a big regret of mine after the event obviously at the time super happy to help them raise some money it eventually ended up in australia i believe and in a really bizarre turn of events a friend of mine bought it back last month and it now resides in the uk weirdly he never offered it back to me but i won't hold that against him but just to be able to get a photograph of the jersey that he's now got front and back means an awful lot to me because every single every single person who asked me for a picture or an autograph i remember their faces when i said only if i can have my picture taken with you or your autograph and unanimously it was like you paid them the best compliment in the world and made them feel like the only person in the world and it was just just such a wonderful experience that had no there was no financial incentive or motive other than kindness and it was my way of saying to them thank you for making me feel valued i think they're the they're who i'd like to say thank you to and i'd love to it, weirdly one of the i think there were two brothers who who were one of the early ones that year who signed it and i saw them like two decades later when i was coaching in south america and it was like they'd just seen me the the day before they were just like they were crazy they were flicking through their phone and finding like the picture from like two decades ago I was like, no way. Oh, sorry, a decade ago. Because, yeah, it must have been like 2017. I was in South America. And they were just like, ah, we remember you. And, of course, I didn't clock at the time who they were. But as soon as they brought up the picture, yeah. I was like, wow. You still have that on your phone? Like a decade later? They're like, yeah, South America. So, yeah, we had, to, we had some real fun times. So, yeah very 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 humbling experience and i think one that's kind of served me uh, served me well because there's such a variety of cultures and appreciation around the globe and you don't understand that if you just stay in your little bubble you've got a you know paintball 
gave me the opportunity to learn about that. So yeah, many, many more stories <laughs> that can come out of this question. <laughs> we'll say, we'll say well, that I think it sounds like a plan. Well, I don't like to say this is the last interview for anybody. So, uh, you know, maybe later on we can, uh, if I see you at an event or something like that, we could definitely have like a sit down and, and do would, more of this. That would be super cool. And obviously, I hope it goes without saying, open invite to anybody who hears this and wants to come over to the UK and play some classic 10 men. Um, if, if I can help you come to a, a European Classic Paintball League event, I can certainly... There's numerous teams over here who are always looking for players who would love to have, you know, some overseas players jump on board. So reach out, Facebook, email, whatever, um, or Instagram, and just, you know, let me know, and I'll, I'll put you in contact with the people you need to be in contact with. Cool. Well, I can't promise anything other than soaking up a few more paintballs that uh, would give them an opportunity to play. But aside from that, thank you for the invite. And anybody else? Always a pleasure. All right. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, we could talk for hours, literally hours for just about people, experiences, the sport in general, where it's come from, where it's gone. Uh, you know, everything that's happened in between. John Amadea did a great job on his, uh, on his yes, complete history of paintball. I thought he did a fantastic job on that. And uh, again, you could just hours and hours inside that uh, that you could you could talk about individual things. But unfortunately, we have real lives that we got to get back to. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Nikki. I appreciate it. Um, Super and welcome. Look forward to look forward to uh, many more uh, conversations in the future. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, have a good one, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, bye, bye, man. Hey everybody, that was Nikki T. Uh, hey buddy, thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. I really appreciate it. I uh, look forward to talking to you many more times in the future uh, between uh, your series and playing and uh, life in general. Uh, sorry about the uh, the wait, everyone. I usually try to put out uh, these episodes between uh, three, three and four weeks, but uh, holiday season got to me. Anyway, uh, look forward to uh, my, look forward to the episode with Opie Thomas and Many others later on in, uh, in the 2022 year, and I uh, hope everyone has a safe and fun one. Godspeed, and uh, stay tuned. Thanks. Today's episode is brought to you by Paintball Central, the Carolina's premier paintball parks, located in Greensboro, Charlotte, and Greenville. Look no further for your next corporate outing, birthday party, or weekend rec mall fix. Paintball Central has some of the best stocked pro shops and staff in the country, as well as hosts three, five, and 10-man competition series from the CFOA, URPL, and CPSL for tournament veterans and tournament rookies alike. Check out pballcentral, that's P-B-A-L-L-Central.com for more info.